Greetings and welcome to episode 258 of the Words About Games podcast, the weekly video game news and discussion and culture discussion podcast for Words About Games. Nailed it. I'm your host, Amy K. Alexander, joined this week by Daffod Moody. With what's happened in politics this year, this week, you might understand that better than we did. But either way, ah, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah, I'm the glorious one, Devin Mark Moody. Here, Devin Mark Moody. To please you in great, amazing ways. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's Friday, ladies and gentlemen. And everyone else, you know what that bloody means. What does it mean, Moody? What does it fucking mean? It means you get the glorious conversations between me and Amy, Kate, Alexander, talking about the meaningful games out there and holding Ubisoft to account, unlike everyone else does. Indeed. In, in, indubitably. Indubitably. But we're starting with games, Amy. Games. It's like E3. It's like, what the hell? Who knows? It's only 27th. I mean, 28th. There's there's some people who 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 star in this podcast who shall remain nameless, who make comments about the lack of games on the games podcast. So I put the games at the top of the games podcast, and you, and and this unnameless person better talk about the games in this games <laughs> focus podcast, <laughs> or else. How are you doing anyway? I haven't actually asked you yet. How are you doing? Well, I had a long, long week. I've had three ta- three units to hand in this week. And I've only handed in two of them. <laughs> but I don't have to worry about them. One of them I'm almost done. So a couple of tweaks and then I'll be handing that one in. Probably tomorrow and everything like that. And then it'll be all good. And then I'm going to take the week off, Amy. I might go into hibernation, so you might need a new partner next week. Not happening. I'm hibernating, Amy. It's... it's, it's... Next week's podcast, we're going to be doing all our E3 speculation. So if if you want, you can you can skip that episode. I highly recommend against it. <laughs> oh, sometimes I have to think about what's coming, what I think might come. In. You've never put any thought into any of these things before. Why start now? That's true. That is true. Like we all know what's number one, ladies and gentlemen. That is Dino Crisis remake. At long last, Capcom is going to satisfy me in the way that. They satisfy Resident Evil fans. I'm leaving that as dead air. You mean I don't care? It's an audio podcast. I don't care. <laughs> I want my point to get across, <laughs> which is that was my point. Um, yeah, I'm okay. Thanks for asking. Um. Oh, forgot. How are you? I hope you are well. I hope you've had a great week as well. I am. I hope you've been bold. I hope you've seized the moment. I'm alive. Like that. Does that count? Like, I was nearly dead in the last podcast. I received messages because we did not the last podcast. Obviously, that was I was fine with that one. I mean, the reviews, the fashionably late review episode, which I received messages off of people who were like, "Damn." That 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 vaccine really fucked you up, and I was like, "Is it that noticeable?" Oh shit! I thought I got away with it. 
Apparently, yeah, I didn't I, get away with it. <laughs> yeah, I I was carrying that episode last on Monday, ladies and gentlemen. I was carrying it, and all I was doing is hosting the bugger and asking questions. <laughs> I don't remember anything I said. I, I haven't had any. Oh my god! <laughs> I haven't had any angry, angry um, emails or, or like messages or anything offer for angry Returnal fans. So I think I'm okay. Like I think I'm in the clear. But uh, maybe maybe next time I get the vaccine, if I'm supposed to be on a podcast, I might just book someone else. Um, <laughs> no, we'll just take that day. We'll take that day off. That's not how this. That's not how the force works. Man. That's how the force worked in the Rise of Skywalker. Don't talk to me about Rise of Skywalker. You don't want this podcast to turn into that. But it worked perfectly in the Last Jedi, ladies and gentlemen. It did. Um, yeah, no, like I'm on a. Not a productivity kick, or an organization kick, where it's like I've started doing things where I'm like I'm organizing like properly, where it's just like what do I need to accomplish, what do I want to accomplish today, and then I write it all down, and it's like big stuff, small stuff, medium stuff, like and I get this big checklist, and then I just go through it because I have this habit of like having like a three, let's say I've got like four things to do. And then I'm like, well, I got to do one of them. And then I don't do any of them because I'm trying to decide what I want to do. So I just lie in bed for like an hour watching videos or whatever. And then I'm like, shit, I wasted that all that time. And I've stopped doing that. And the fruits of this labor are starting to pay off. Because <laughs> I got two and a half videos edited in today. Well, I finished editing today. I made a joke in, in, in the video that's coming out uh, this week, next week. It's Friday, you know what that means. Next week, um, about like how like it's great having like loads of different things all on the go at once because it means I'm close to finishing a bunch of stuff, but also it's terrible because I'm close to finishing a bunch of stuff. But like, I'm reaping the benefits of that now because <laughs> I've finished a bunch of stuff all at once. Great. It's what you want to hear. You've been productive, getting things sorted. It's all good. It's all good. fine <laughs> and, now we, and now you can tomorrow night on friday you can play persona yeah i'm gonna do Even that it, over at twitch.tv slash words about games ladies and gentlemen hit that follow button hit that subscribe button because the money goes to charity so it's all good it does i still need to announce that and <laughs> set it up and figure it out but thanks for thanks for saying that <laughs> none of that is in place right now but it's fine it's fine <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll give you a push <laughs> It's fine. Yeah, there, there we, you could use the. You could how about you set this up? So, like, it's fine. Let's talk about video games. Video games. It's the worst. So I've asked a question here. So what are you wanting to do with the first one here? Are you wanting to hopefully get finished in time for us to watch it for you to no, edit? No, I'm gonna. Maybe, I'm or? gonna. No, I'm gonna read it and then that's it. Cut off point. Yeah, We've hit the cut off point, really. I'm gonna read fair. exactly what is written here on on this screen, and then we're gonna discuss it. Because I, about... I have things to say about that. Uh, then you will talk about it next week at the final story of next week, probably. Just because yeah. you want to be spiteful. Just never going to talk about it. Oh, you just thought you were going to talk gonna, about it. I'm not going to acknowledge it. Be like, you don't want to do E3? Well, fuck you. 
<laughs> I want a respectable this, time to this watch. This is what happens. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go on. <laughs> In this week's episode, we discuss the fact that someone did not get the memo and E3 has started early with reveals surrounding Dragon Quest and Pokemon, rumors of a new Switch model, and Final Fantasy games. There's timestamps in the description below the video on YouTube and also wherever you get your podcasts in an audio format. If that's how you decide you want to watch them, you don't watch things that you listen to. If that's how you decide you want to listen to them, you can get the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and some other places I've never heard of before. But if you use them, cool, that's great. People do because I can see the analytics. So I know you use them. And one day I'll figure out what other is. <laughs> um, I don't know what other is. There's an, there's an analytic for like places people listen to the podcast on Anchor. And one of them is other. And I'm like, what's other? What's other? Where's other? Like, you've got all the other platforms listed here with the percentages. So what, what the fuck could other possibly be? Where are you putting my podcast, Anchor? <laughs> you like managed didn't it on the end of season two of How I Met Your Mother. Tell us about what? Tell us about what? Tell, tell us about what? Tell, tell us about what? Tell, tell us about what? Where's other? Where's other? Where's other? Yeah. There needs to be mood. So you're just like, where's other? Where's other? Where's other? Where's other? Where's other? Where's other? That's one of those. Tell us about what? That's one of those clips I've got in my in my head. Where it's like I'm going to use that on a highlights video or a retrospective or an essay or something at some point. I've just started. I've just started watching clips of *Mother*. It's I haven't really watched good. it at all since the finale because I thought the final season was garbage. I really didn't enjoy it, and the finale just put one hell of a sour note in me. But like, there are parts where you just go, oh, they were, they were it's good. Really good. They were, it was really, really good. good. It was really yeah. funny. <laughs> Same, it fell on its face like Game of Thrones final season. Even though I enjoyed the Game of Thrones final season, <laughs> that's weird. I don't, I don't, I don't know how to process that. Like, he, your opinion is valid as mine. You know, we've always said it all the time on the podcast and stuff. But I don't know how to process people who liked. No, I don't know. I don't know how to process the opinion that it was good because obviously I have the complete and total opposite opinion. This isn't a Mass Effect situation with nuance. It's just I thought it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> I like the big I like the big guy, the funny guy who used to stare at um Gwendolyn Christie all the time. He was pretty funny. Oh god. That was that wasn't staring. That was just creepy. And then <laughs> and then I think that was it. I think that was literally everything I enjoyed about season eight. <laughs> the special effects were pretty good. There you go. <laughs> Uh, let's go. Yeah, I'll say one thing. I did not agree with who became king. Okay, I'll admit that. That was just stupid. <laughs> it's just like uh, they were. They were so fucking. They, they, like, they were like Stephen Moffat, right, in Doctor Who or Sherlock, where it was just like I have to be. I have to be cleverer than the source material and surprise everybody. Where it's just like no, this. That's not how. If you set things up, follow through because that's that's how you make a good stuff. And and then they, they Terryan did the thing where it was like, oh, what is it? that? Some old stories. All stories are awesome. And I'm like, yeah, it would have been great if you told a coherent one. Like, you put this speech at the end of this, at the end of this, Travis. Okay. Games, games, video games. games. <laughs> Game of Thrones. Don't, yes. don't get me started, right? <laughs> 
I opened a rabbit hole there, ladies and gentlemen. You did. You a did. deep one. <laughs> this wouldn't be like our Mass Effect 3 conversation, which is going to be full of nuance. If that we had that conversation, I would be just, your hair would be gray by the time we were finished. Uh, but instead, right. <laughs> let's talk about the Horizon Zero Dawn reveal. Which I put a placeholder for at the beginning of this podcast because it started at 5 p.m. UK time and we record at 8 p.m. UK time. And I don't know why I checked my watch for that, but I was like, cool, we'll be able to talk about it. I'll put a placeholder in, I'll watch it, and then we'll discuss it. And then I wrote the entirety of, of the thing here. Yeah, it started with a five hour countdown, lol. Yeah, the reveal wasn't until 10 o'clock tonight. Even I knew that. That's fine. Why is there a five-hour count? I don't want to fight. What, what, what's the point? Of, I, we've had this discussion. Every time a fucking video game company does this, it's the stupidest fucking thing ever. I hate it so much. It's the same thing as what uh, Ubisoft did last year with uh, Valhalla. Even fucking, though the, the Valhalla one was good the because the Valhalla awesome. one was, was, it was the artist live yeah. drawing the key art for the yeah. game. That was, was cool. Awesome. Yeah, this is just a series of fucking still images. Yeah. for yeah. five hours i'll just go and watch i'll just paint my wall right and i'll just watch it dry how about that because that's just as fucking engaging to me as fucking watching some fucking screenshots like flick and i'm not really that mad i'm not like whatever she's not really she's taking the piss more than anything, i'm taking it? the piss it is it is dumb but i don't really care that much i just thought it would be a funny way to do start the podcast it's incredibly irritating that we that it's literally basically it'll start when we basically finish or it'll be finished by the time we finish, basically, around that time, depending on how we go, really. You know? Like, we move, I can't believe we moved the podcast f- from recording on a Sunday night to recording on a Thursday night because we were like, hey, most of, like, well, the reviews thing makes better sense on a Monday. And most of the yeah. news stories we cover come out at the beginning of the week anyway. And then, literally, literally, everyone in the video game industry was just like, hey, what if we just start doing all our news on Thursday nights? <laughs> 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 and it just it hurts it hurts like are we gonna have to move this podcast back because this happens every week at this point where we have to start the podcast by going hey you know that big news that like every podcast in the world is going to be talking about like yeah we'll talk about it next week <laughs> so i'm literally just having a look right now just for the heck of it so playstation right now their youtube channel has over twenty thousand people watching it and it hasn't even started yet. Okay. That's amazing. I'm now interested in what, what it looks like on Twitch. Go on. 5K. They have... And that's good. The thing is, that number's going to shoot up when it starts. Oh, yeah, of course it is. It'll hit about a million, you know, probably. The people who actually, you know, decide to do productive things with their day. Like I was editing, I was editing our highlight, the highlights video that went live to watch in the auto stream. What's the auto stream? You ask. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> but yeah, there's people so, who yeah. have there's people who have already watched who have already watched the very beginning of our Horizon Zero Dawn thing, and watched me rant, unhinged rant in an unhinged fashion, and have now like been like, oh, this this person's stupid. It's like, no, it's fine. That's just me. I'd like to take so, a piss. Should we talk about the things we actually can talk about? Do you want to talk about the Dying Light 2 release date, which has been announced? Is it 2023? It's 2021. Tomorrow. December. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. 
So it's, it's gonna not, get pushed. So it's not coming out in 2021 then. <laughs> All right, um, no, but yes, uh, Dying Lights two stay stay human, December sixth slash seventh. That's what Wario sixty four is saying right now. So I don't know what that actually means. Okay, I mean I'm fully expecting to say that Horizon Zero Dawn's coming out in 2021. I'm expecting. Oh, that's coming. Out, that's coming out 2020. I'm expecting I mean, them to say it. I think. I think it is. I think it's a guarantee. Remember? Um, since well, that's come. since we don't. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. You don't get to say that and then move on. <laughs> you brought it back. You brought it back. This is your fault. Like, I mean, I'll believe it when PlayStation Studios or you know whatever they could, that's whatever they called themselves in the past, release a game on on the time that they say they're going <laughs> to. Went through an entire genera- console generation where every single game, they big, you know, their AAA games, their first party studio games, every single one got delayed. Not a problem. <laughs> I don't, I don't mind game delays. You know that. However, it makes me very skeptical when they say, "Hey, this is coming out." I don't, I don't believe you. I think <laughs> it will come out in twenty twenty one. But I still think it'll get delayed in 2021, but still come out in 2021. I think they'll announce the release date tonight. Oh, yeah, they'll announce their release date tonight. Yeah, but I think it'll get pushed probably a month later after that (laughs) or something like that. I will look forward to playing it on its actual release in March 2022. (laughs) (laughs) The first one was supposed to come out in October, September, November, whatever it was, 2016, and it didn't, so... Yeah, because they thought they would be cocking it for thought. Yeah, we can push this till when Zelda comes out, so why the hell not? Let's go toe-to-toe right now. Let's go toe-to-toe. Oh, it still did all right. Of course Zelda did. smashed it, there's no doubt about it, but um, because it was the only thing that Nintendo Switch had. Apart from, you know, the actual console itself. You can't really talk shit about about the Switch. Like, it's the... It's yeah, gonna, it only had Zelda when it launched. What, it's going it to be the best-selling console of all that. time. Like it's gonna be one of the best-selling consoles. It's gonna sell oh, more than the PS4. I can't talk shit about it. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna sell more than PS4, mate. <laughs> guarantee it. That I do guarantee. Speaking of Nintendo Switch, I just realized your bottle of water has times on it. Keep drinking. You know, in a different context, I don't think you should print that on anything like uh, any kind of container for. Liquid. <laughs> keep drinking. Just keep drinking. Nintendo's OLED Switch could come in September. This is from Sam Byford over at The Verge. He writes, Nintendo could release its heavily rumored new version of the Switch in September or October, according to a report by Bloomberg. Manufacturing is reportedly planned to start as soon as July, and Bloomberg says the system may be announced before the E3 trade show, which kicks off in virtual form on June 12th. As Bloomberg notes, an announcement ahead of E3 would allow third-party publishers, as well as Nintendo itself, to show their games running on the new hardware. This version of the Switch is said to use more powerful silicon from NVIDIA that works with DLSS technology, allowing for 4K output to a TV. It also reportedly has a 7-inch OLED display source from Samsung. Bloomberg says Nintendo's suppliers are, quote, confident, end quote, in their ability to fulfill the orders even though there's a global shortage of chips and other components, quote, Production lines are better prepared for the potential component shakeup, and the parts Nintendo is using are subject to less competition than those of its rivals' more powerful consoles, end quote. According to the report, though it still warns that the company's ability to meet consumer demand won't be guaranteed. 
The current model of the Switch has been difficult to find in many regions throughout the past year, with increased demand during the pandemic exacerbated by challenges with the supply chain. What? It's Groundhog Day, maybe. I'm sure I've read this story before. Probably. I think we have as well. Um... I know, like a lot of people, like when I saw this trending when I woke up, and everyone's saying they're gonna drop it, they're gonna reveal it today, they're revealing it today. I was saying, wait, looking, looking on online, no, Nintendo haven't said anything, uh, so <laughs> no, they aren't gonna re- reveal it today, ladies and gentlemen. They're Nintendo not gonna, yeah, sure. when Ninten- that- Don't Nintendo have like this way of communicating with people when they want to talk? It's like it's uh, something. Uh, uh, what's it? it? Begins with a D. Can't think of it. Um... It's like this whole live stream that they do. And they talk, the guys talk to the camera and these games. I think, I think it's called a direct. Direct. That was it. Yeah. Come on, guys. Oh, they're going to drop like. That might work for Paper Mario during a pandemic, like where they yeah. just drop it on Twitter. They're not going to drop an entire fucking console without warning. <laughs> like, yeah, no, they're not. No, no, of no, course no. they're not. Um... Jesus. I've been in salty mood today, Moody. I don't know. Yeah, why. I can see that, even though you've been very productive as well. I can Here it is. See that. Words About Games Podcast, episode 246. Nintendo Switch Pro rumors are doing the rounds again. I found it. On what my, what, on what number was channel. that? 246. What number were you on now? 258. 12 episodes. So it was 12 weeks ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 12 weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> so three months ago, three basically. Three months ago, basically. Damn. All right. Uh, yeah, we. I think I said it in the last time. I'll say it again. It's like a given. This is going to happen and everything. Um, when it is, we'll see and everything. I, I know Bloomberg. Bloomberg is very reliable and everything like that, and I can appreciate them. But I just, it just doesn't feel right that they would drop it this at the end of this year. I just feel like maybe the early next year or something. I don't know why. That's just me. They know more than me. I can appreciate that. Well, I go back uh, and forward on this. You may finish what? yourself. You finish your sentence. Though. Um. But either way, I, I spoke to a, to a friend of ours uh, uh, on in his Discord about it with, with a couple of his people in there as well, saying, uh, would you get one if it is announced and everything like that? I said, probably not. Probably not. It'll probably be maybe a year or two after down the line or something like that. Uh, and unless they give me a reason to really go out and buy one and everything like that. And, they, and I agreed with one of the people in there, Joanne, um, if they give us like a, a Pokemon reason to buy it this is what i don't understand right like pokemon's obviously coming out in 2022 like we already knew that the new one i mean and we'll talk yeah. about it in a bit we are but we already knew it and i go back and forward on on nintendo doing this like on the one hand it seems ridiculous to to re- to release an updated model in 2021 altogether like supply constraints they're probably gonna have to price up it price it up because the, the components are like becoming more and more expensive. Like, but on the other hand, like it's perfect Nintendo because whenever they release anything, they they usually artificially constrain the supply anyway. This time they don't have to. Yeah. This time they don't have to artificially constrain the supply. The supply will be constrained no matter what. So yep. like they can literally go. Oh, it's not our fault. There's there's shortages of all the chips and, and stuff. So that's why there's only 12 for sale and all the scalpers got them and they're charging a thousand pounds for them. Um, would I get one? Ah, no, absolutely not. I don't have a 4K display. So what would be the point? <laughs> like... 
I like. Don't need oh, a, you don't need a 4K display to play it, though. Yeah, but I wouldn't. Why would I? I've got a Switch. So the upgrade, the upgrade of the Switch Pro is it, it does 4K. Like to me, really like, I understand the argument. I understand where people come from. I'm just like, no, you don't need to buy a new monitor or TV just for right. No, 4K. that's not what. It, but that's not what I said. I mean, you do I because know. you need a 4K know, monitor to play 4K, but. Like, unless me, they literally mandatory lock it in, saying no, this will only play on 4K TVs. Then, then, then Nintendo. I'm just gonna say right now, you're fucking stupid. That's not how HD works. But um, no um, like no, it's like I don't have a 4K monitor, so I'm not getting one. If I ever get a 4K monitor, I'd consider it. But the idea of playing Paternal or Resident Evil Village in 4K appeals to me right or like horizon forbidden west which is coming out later this this year slash early next year like the, the idea of playing that in 4k appeals to me because i think those games are like breathtaking in 4k but like do i need to play super mario odyssey 2 or like mario kart 9 or even i'll say it pokemon in in 4k like not really and, and these games are gonna run fine on my switch right like so yeah so, like, I don't see why a lot of people would upgrade. And for me personally, even if I had a 4K TV or a 4K monitor, I, I look at it and go, but but why would I do that? Like, why would I spend probably 400 quid to play Nintendo games in 4K? They look amazing in, in standard HD because of the way their, the art, their art style works. But that's a moot point. Lots of people will buy this because that's how consumerism works. And it's cool. And I'm glad for the people who are going to be able to buy this. And maybe people who don't already own a Switch will buy into this for the first time. I just think the timing is really, really dodgy. Like, if, if the report is true, which is nothing saying it is. Like, I think releasing this in September, October is really dodgy. When you could release it early next year with Zelda and... Pokemon and like really just detonate a megaton and I agree hopefully that. the supply constraints won't be as bad then as well so people can actually buy them I always find artificial scarcity so such an annoyance because it's like I want to give you my money for a thing but you're not letting me <laughs> like stop it this isn't funny like it works for me because every time Nintendo release, like, you know, their mini consoles, you know, I love old games, right? But, like, and, and I know, like, on any other time, I would never want one of those mini consoles, like the NES mini. But when it comes out and everybody's, like, talking about it and stuff, and it's like, it's great. And then I get that formal of, like, oh, maybe I could, oh, I'm like, maybe I could get one because, like, I like all these games and, like, I don't want to miss out. But then it's never available. So, like, Nintendo's policy of making everything really scarce actually works in my favor because then when i can't get one i go well, okay never mind <laughs> that's fair i didn't buy the thing i didn't really want to buy in the first place <laughs> mm, that's true so i guess on on, on a personal level nintendo's way of constraining all of their supplies of all of their stuff really backfires on them for me because if, if these things were readily available i would buy them <laughs> As like an impulse buy, but because they're oh, not, man. I don't. It's fine. Speaking of Nintendo, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, and Legends Arceus. Is that right? 
Yes. Release dates announced. This is from Tom Ivan over at VGC. He writes, The Pokemon Company has announced release dates for a trio of upcoming Nintendo Switch games. DS Remix Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Pokemon Shining Pearl will be released on November 19th, 2021, ahead of the open-world game Pokemon Legends Arceus on January 28th, 2022. Following several leaks, all three games were officially revealed during a Pokemon presentation scheduled to coincide with the franchise's 25th anniversary in February. Originally released in 2006, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl were the first installments in the fourth generation of the Pokemon video game series. Quote, these are faithful remakes of the Pokemon Diamond version and Pokemon Pearl version games, which were released for the Nintendo DS system in Japan 15 years ago. Pokemon Company COO Takato Utsunomiya said when they were announced. As previously reported, the remakes are being developed by ILCA, which also worked on Pokemon Home. The project is being directed by Yuichi Ueda of ILCA and Game Freak's Junichi Masuda, who is the director of the original DS releases. Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl take place in the Sinnoh region, and the three starter Pokemon available players are Turtwig, Chimchar, and Piplup. I love Pokemon Chimchar. names. Chimchar for the win. I love Pokemon names, they're great. Thing is, Turtwig looks so awesome, and then he evolved. Yeah, that was the water guy that I got in Pokemon Sword, did the same thing. Game Freak's Pokemon Legends Arceus takes place during the early days of the Sinnoh region and appears to be set in a large open area similar to that of the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. The three starter Pokemon available to players are Cyndaquil, Oshawat, and Rowlet. They were brought to Sinnoh by a new professor who had previously explored other regions. Players are tasked with completing the Sinnoh region's first ever Pokedex and aim, and the aim is still to capture Pokemon. No one's ever gonna pick Oshawa or Rowlet. They're always gonna pick Cyndaquil for that one. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it because I don't know any better. <laughs> Everyone except him is gonna pick Cyndaquil. I don't. Um, know I'm a Pokemon. <laughs> I'm a Pokemon idiot. <laughs> These are uh, no, no. I thought the I thought the Pokemon Diamond and Pearl were gonna come out in November. I thought that, so that's not a surprise whatsoever. January for for the Legends. That's a uh, that's intriguing. Like a month, just like well, two months, basically after uh, Diamond and Pearl. I know they're completely different games and everything, but I just have this. Unless they're going to show so. some badass trailer at E3, which they, they could, they probably, they probably <laughs> are. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Along with Diamond and Pearl and everything, but that obviously Arcus is the one everyone's looking, looking more into because it's a completely different Pokemon game we've ever seen before, and that's why I think everyone's a little bit more hyped for that one than the the remakes. Um, I think this is, to pardon the pun, I think this is the next evolution of the Pokemon series. We hope so. I think we hope so. Uh, for me, I still wait for us just to, like, to control the Pokemon. Let's control the buggers. Let's move the buggers and everything like that. That's what I would prefer personally. But, uh, Make a know, Pokemon really Souls game. <laughs> I'm not, not, not going to go there, but okay. But um, no, yeah, I... Great dates. Intrigued by the Legends one. I don't think it'll... I, I don't know why, I just don't think it'll hit the January one. I think it's such a big project. I think that'll, that'll move probably for me. I, hopefully I'm wrong. And then we can start with a Pokemon game at the beginning of 2022, which should be fantastic. Yeah. I get to play my January second... January does suck for me, and I can guarantee you that. I can play my second ever Pokemon game. Well, you're not going to touch Diamond and Pearl, are you not? Um, I mean, look, right, sitting here, I can go, hey, November, 
Nothing's coming out in November. Yeah, I'll, I'll play Pokemon and Diamond and Pearl, but you and I both know <laughs> November's going to be stacked. So, like, I mean, the intention is there, but we'll see if I get around to, to Diamond and Pearl. Well, hopefully you will be, and I won't play this enough, and I'll be streaming Diamond and Pearl. I mean, that's not... I mean, me watching you play it is not the same as me playing it, obviously. Like, but, um, yeah, we'll see. We shall see, but yeah, it's like the the fact that Arceus is coming out in January makes me very curious as to what the plans are for Breath of the Wild too. A little bit, yeah. I Unless just that assume, actually comes out this year. Unless I mean, that actually comes out this year. September, with the console. <gasps> if we found out, Amy, we figured it out. Something's got to come out with the console, and I just assumed it it'd be. I thought Xbox X tried and it didn't. That's what, uh, yeah. That's what uh, Xbox had Game Pass though. Like you could literally, I was literally, I know, but you could literally log into Xbox Game Pass and be like, "Oh, it's launched with two hundred games." <laughs> okay. Nintendo are not going to launch with a big game. They don't need to. I, I don't think they. I don't. They don't. I don't think they think they need to. Oh, they don't need to. Fucking hell, they don't need to. I don't like. Oh no, they they will. No, I don't think so. I think I think we're. Uh, if it isn't Zelda, what do you think? Mario? I think it could be Mario. I mean, I said in January that my finger was hovering over the button on Fantasy Critic for, like, unannounced new 3D Mario game. I'm, I'm confident. I'm expecting a few places in Open Critic to be filled up <laughs> after a couple of weeks' time. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but it could be Mario Kart 9 as well. Because uh, F1, I think, is yeah, it has been a while. But they, haven't they just thrown out some new content for Mario Kart? Like, yeah, they updated it like week this week. But, um, no, um, they're not going to do DLC for it. And, well, they did for a while, didn't they? they didn't well, they did on the Wii U. Cards. What I mean is, Deluxe, they're not going to do any DC, DLC for, for Deluxe. They did an update which just fixed some stuff. That was it. Yeah. But, um, Mario Kart 9, I think, um, is a strong shout. Like, shout. Could you imagine Big if shout. they released a, a Switch Pro with Mario Kart 9? <laughs> There's another one of those Megatons I was talking about. But anyway, let's move on. Let's move <laughs> on. Rumor. Square Enix set to announce a new action RPG Final Fantasy spin-off. This is from Imran Khan over at GameByte. He writes, Over the weekend, a number of rumors have swirled about possible E3 announcements as traditionally happens in the weeks leading up to the industry trade show. In particular, a rumor seemed as well around two websites, Reddit and Gaming Former Reset Air, about a new Final Fantasy spin-off that Square Enix is announcing this year. The rumor states that Square Enix is working with Team Ninja, Koei Tecmo's in-house development team behind games like Ninja Gaiden, Neo, and perhaps most relevant, relevantly, the latest entry in the Final Fantasy fighting game series, Dissidia NT. The posted rumors go on further by assigning the game a genre, something akin to Neo or the Souls games, and suggesting it takes place somewhere in or adjacent to the world of the first Final Fantasy game on the NES. Our sources have corroborated this rumour and suggested that the name of the game is Final Fantasy Origin. The game, which appears to be exclusive to PlayStation 5 with a PC release further down the road, will be one of Square Enix's temples at the upcoming E3 show. 
for whatever reason, several large chunks of the undated show have leaked out, including the Final Fantasy Origins logo and demo plans. Square Enix hopes to release an alpha demo this summer, not unlike Neo's public alphas, to solicit feedback from the audience while the game is still in a fairly early state. This demo, like several other major demos, has its own title of Stranger in Paradise. Expect the title to play similar to Neo or other games in the genre, but to be more accessible for a wider audience. Fanbyte sources indicated that the game is largely developed by the same team behind Dissidia NT, but that Team Ninja's nearly 200-person studio involves a lot of shifting around, and that there aren't hard borders on the different teams these days. The Neo DNA in the game is likely the result of the people core to the first two games' development being involved in Final Fantasy Origin. And then it's the, the disclaimer that this might not happen because things change. A Final Fantasy action RPG that looks like Neo, plays like Neo, which is accessible, which is also accessible to a wider audience. On easy mode. Something like that. Baby ass baby mode. Yeah, I don't mind. Yeah, this sounds cunning. Um, looking forward to it. Uh, I don't know if it all signs seems like, uh, obviously, like we know Square Enix is at E3, so it's probably when it's going to be there and get the full big, big reveal, like it says in the article. Uh, shout out to Emran Khan for the outrageous little tweet he put out a while ago that I shared to you, Amy, yesterday. That was just amazing. Yeah, we can bring that up later if you want. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got a new story for it. <laughs> yeah, so, which was amazing. Uh, but um, yeah, um, we, uh, Final Fantasy is one of the biggest IPs out there and has reinvented itself in so many different ways over the years. Brought new people to its franchise thanks to Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy XV alone. Um, can't yeah, change it up again, change it up its DNA again to try and something new and something fresh. You can't ask for much more than that. If it works out, it works and it works out kind of like um, Yakuza like a dragon last year. This could be one of the best games they've ever put out. Yeah, maybe. Like I love the, I love Neil. <laughs> like it's no surprise. It's no surprise to anybody who listens to these podcasts that right. like I fucking love Neo uh, and I love Neo too. I didn't get to play as much of Neo too as I wanted to last year. Animal Crossing happened at the same time, but either way, I love the game. I love the gameplay, like and the style of gameplay, like and if they do this in the same way that Star Wars uh, Fallen Order, Jedi Fallen Order was like a, a more accessible like Dark Souls with the Star Wars IP, which I loved. Um, the ball and story, which I didn't. And uh, Final Fantasy Origin. Um, wow, you threw you threw me off completely. Uh, Final Fantasy Origin. Um, does the same thing with the Neo template. Then yeah, I'm 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 all for it. I'm all for it without the wider accessible the accessibility of a wider audience because you know I like those kind of games anyway. But it it makes sense to not make a Final Fantasy game as hard as a Souls like. That's just good business. Can you imagine how many pissed off people would be if, like, Final Fantasy Origin came out and it was as brutally punishing as, like, Neil and all these Final Fantasy fans who didn't like hard games bought it? Can you imagine <laughs> how pissed off so many people would be? Be like, what the fuck? I don't like hard games, ladies and gentlemen, so dying. I would be pissed off. I'm dying. Yeah, but you would know better. Yeah, I wouldn't play it. There's a lot of people out there who just see Final Fantasy and go, oh, cool, I love Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, I, I kind of did that years ago before I got truly back into gaming. 
uh, I got Final Fantasy fourteen, the original one. I had no idea it was an online game. A bad At one. all. <laughs> no idea. Didn't have a clue. I'll always... I was like, what the hell? I was like, what? I was like, Mom, this won't work! <laughs> I will always default back to um, when Keith first bought his PlayStation 4. He bought it for Persona 5, but he bought it before Persona 5 came out. Um, and it was on a deal where you get a free game with it, right? And uh, Horizon, it was 2017, Horizon had just come out, and Neo had just come out, and those two were two of the options. And we'd been on a podcast together where I'd been like, Neo, I fucking love Neo, Neo is fucking great, 10 out of 10, amazing game, it's really difficult, it's a Souls-like game, but I love it, but it's really, really challenging, but I think it's fucking amazing, but it's brutal. And somehow Keith, Keith edited that, what I had said, down, and somehow missed all of the parts where I said it's really, really difficult. <laughs> and he texted me. And he was like, I got the PS4, and I knew he was getting the PS4. And I was like, cool. And obviously, in my head, and he got Horizon with it. Obviously. Then I got Neo with it. And I just, I just, just like, why, why, why would you, why, why? Why would you get Neo with it? Well, you said it was amazing. It's also what Souls like. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so basically, he basically did what all the uh, idiots online who watch out for, ju- who just care about what the number is, and they just go straight to the bottom of the page yeah. of the article just he to was... see what the number is. <laughs> it's like it's like he was in the discussion. He was on the podcast when I was talking about you know, him and Russ yeah. both. And it and I and like I guess he just ignored everything I said. <laughs> he just heard ten out of ten. <laughs> and got to the end and it was like yeah, ten out of ten. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Like I don't know what I, I don't know what happened there. Like it was it was so it was funny for me, but like I bet it was. he kind of wasted his money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, Keith, you fool! Yeah, I felt I felt bad for him, but at the same time, I was like, if you actually, if you actually listen to me. I was gonna oh, say, yeah. What happened. Yeah. But you really liked it. Yeah, I really like Bloodborne as well, but you're not gonna go out and buy that, are you? Should <sighs> buy my I wanna buy everyone in. I wanna be like, look man, just fucking play it, alright? <laughs> it's great, it's amazing. I told you I will when it goes to PC and someone can mod in an easy mode. <laughs> Next one. Dragon Quest 11, 12. Okay, Dragon wait, Quest I have to 12. Hold you here quickly. We've been gaming this for a while here. What's going on for today's episode? It's like it's games, 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 games. Are you, did, did, have you had a good week or something? Dragon Quest Twelve: The Flames of Fate announced a darker turn for the series. This is from Liana Ruppert over at Game Informer. He writes, A late night showcase for those in the West from Square Enix Japan revealed a few new Dragon Quest experiences, including that of The Flames of Fate. Dragon Quest XII The Flames of Fate has been revealed to celebrate the franchise's 35th anniversary, and it shows off a much darker path for the beloved RPG series. Dragon Quest XII The Flames of Fate is the first main entry into the Dragon Quest franchise since 2017. The latest entry will house a ton of player agency rooted in choices made throughout the adventure that will branch out for the usual mode of storytelling that these games are known for. Yuji Horii, the creator of Dragon Quest, confirmed that the team is not getting rid of commands, but that's about the extent of this particular reveal outside of a logo. But the showcase did frame this particular entry as a Dragon Quest, quote, for adults, end quote. <sighs> Never mind that Yakuza is pretty much exactly that, will take any creative leaps that the team wants to make. <laughs> Give me 
Dragon Riding Quest 12 Flaming of Fates now. It'll be my first Dragon Quest game that I've ever played. I'm going to give it a crack. Um, I love RPGs, but I've never give give the give the Dragon Age game quests a chance or anything like that. And I'm going to give this one a chance. Um, hopefully, I'll be nice. It'll be nice if it's this year, but I'm guessing it's going to be probably early next year, maybe. Um, it'll be next year. I would have thought. Can you remember this for Open Critic next? Yeah, Fantasy Critic next year. Okay. Me and you are going to have a fight over Pokemon. That's going to be the first one. Whoever. Whoever wins out of the two of us on Fantasy Critic, <laughs> the other one's going to get Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's basically... Unless the other two smokes get it. Doubt it. We've um, seen how miserable they're doing. <laughs> I mean, they haven't had that many games come out yet. Let's, let's, not, let's go easy on them for now. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not afraid. I'm basically, I'm full. I've got one more space. I'm good. One more space, and E3 hasn't happened yet. I don't know if that was a good idea or not. Oh, I think um, it was a glorious idea. Amy. Dragon Quest. Get in, get out. Dragon Quest. Uh, well, yeah, I can see why you haven't. I can see why you haven't played Dragon Quest. Um, it's one of those uh, Japanese series that where it's like it comes out in Japan, and then like years later, it comes out in the West, and it's like <laughs> it's like it's somehow a, simultaneously a brand new game and old news. Um. But uh, one of the things Liana didn't write in an article here is that it's coming out simultaneously in Japan and yeah. in the West. Yeah, so. yeah. The thing when it came to Dragon Quest, like, like it's like kind of like hitting that what you were hitting there. Like, this is the twelfth game, ladies and gentlemen. I only heard about this, I think, when it came to its eleventh or tenth game, because all I knew was Final Fantasy. I know there's other RPGs out there, nothing like that. I only heard about Chrono Trigger in about the last six years. <gasps> End of the world, and I still haven't played it yet. <laughs> Maybe we will have to have a look at that, Amy, when we're when we're living together and everything like that. Maybe even we do Final Fantasy VI and everything. That'll be pretty good as well. Jesus I Christ! I gotta ask something, Mooney. Like, I just gotta pause before I start talking about Dragon Quest again. How much time do you? Th- how much free time do you think I have? <laughs> Amy, we're gonna win the lottery, and we're gonna all live together. We're gonna be fine. All right. Well, you get on that, and I'll continue okay. to plan. <laughs> For the real world, um, <laughs> yeah, Dragon this Quest. Long term, st- long term storytelling, Amy. We don't do fast burns; we do slow burns. Uh, sure. D- Dragon Quest is um a huge, huge, huge series franchise in Japan. But yeah, yeah, Dragon Quest Eleven was the first one. We came out within like sort of just over a year, um, of the the Japanese release over here. So that was kind yeah. of the first one I think a lot of people jumped on. And also there was some spin-offs. There was some like um Koi Tecmo action spin-offs as well. Um which sort of got the brand name up there. For people who weren't already in it, didn't already know about it, weren't invested in it. It's like Dragon Quest eleven was was like a smaller version of what Persona Five did for the Persona franchise, where it's just like, hey, enough people knew about Persona <laughs> before Persona Five came out. That like the high. Oh, I didn't even know about Persona until Persona Four. Yeah, like everybody knew some. Everybody who knew people who played video games a lot knew one person who liked Persona, and that's how mm. the the hype spread. Um, for that, and it's sort of the same with Dragon Quest. Where I think Dragon Quest Twelve will it will get there, and it'll be it's the best selling Dragon Quest entry in the West because enough people have played or have heard of Dragon Quest Eleven. 
felt like that foundation has been built. Yeah. It doesn't help. I mean, sorry, it does help that it's on Game Pass as well. Oh, like, I I think, do I have it installed on my PC? Like, I think I said I installed it, but I just haven't got around to it. I have a dim because... memory of you saying you were going to play it at the beginning of the year at some point. I feel like yeah. you said that before. And then then my world went all upside down at the beginning of January, ladies No, no, so... no shade. I just have this dim memory. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, it. yeah. I'm not saying you were meaning shade whatsoever, yeah. There's, like, there's a reason why I completely forgot about it. And, like, I think I'm probably never going to try it. I'm probably literally just going to say, yeah, just wait until the next one. Give the next one a crack, and then well, just I mean, go all hardcore into that. I would imagine it would be a game you would stream, and I'm thinking about it, and it's like you've still got most of Mass Effect Two, all of Mass Effect Three, then probably all of Mass Effect Andromeda. Like I think we're in a foot race right now. I'll be interested to see what happens first. Do you finish all of the Mass Effect games before I finish Persona Five Royal? <laughs> Fuck yeah! Because I feel like they're about the same amount oh, of investment, that. like time investment, like where you're up to a Mass Effect versus Persona Five Royal. So I'll be interested to see who finishes first. But I'll probably be taking breaks to do other stuff. On streams, I was going to say, so. I won't be taking breaks, ladies and gentlemen. No. I intend to probably be finishing Mass Effect Two next week. Maybe even try two, two and three next I've heard week. That before. Yeah, you've heard a check lot of out, things before. Check out know. my Twitter, where I, I think I promoted three different streams of Moody going, hey, he's going to finish Mass Effect. <laughs> hey, now he's gone to bed. <laughs> hey, now he's exploring random planets. Uh, he's not going to finish Mass Effect today. <laughs> no problem with I that. Did, I did after street after we recorded the podcast, though. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> Wait, I've gone live again? <laughs> Why have I gone live? Anyway. Sega has officially confirmed the Sonic Colors remaster. This is from Chris Scully, you know, over at VGC. And I just want to thank Chris over at VGC. I went to 12 different news outlets to find... There's three announcements, basically, in this news story. I had to go to 12, 12 different news outlets before I found the three of them in one news article. And not in three dinky little news articles that's for the extra the clicks. clicks. Oh, yeah. That's how you get the clicks by me. You can get the clicks from me one. because I went and found this one. Because I'm stubborn. And also I have a podcast. Sega has officially confirmed that an HD remaster of Sonic Colors will be released later this year. Sonic Colors Ultimate will be coming to Switch, Xbox One, PS4, and PC on September 7th. The physical version of the game will be bundled with a baby Sonic keychain from the Sonic movie. There'll also be a digital deluxe version that gives players early access, exclusive music, gold and silver wearables, exclusive player icons, and a Sonic movie boost. The news came as part of Sega's Sonic Central presentation, which also teased a next-gen Sonic game, and a new retro compilation called Sonic Origins, which contains Sonic 2, Sonic 3, uh, Sonic 1, <laughs> Sonic & Knuckles, and Sonic CD. Sonic Origins. Final Fantasy Origins. Assassin's Creed Origins. <laughs> We're getting a lot of Origins. This is, that's all I'm saying. Horizon Origins. <laughs> Call of Duty Origins. <laughs> the retro thing, I think, is awesome. No it's doubt cool. about it. I think the, cool. end, the retro yeah. pack, I think that is really cool. There's no doubt about it. Solid Colors Ultimate, it seems interesting, but it doesn't really show. It didn't really show much as what I think. They're, what Never played Sonic Colors. Seen, maybe. Yeah, um, um, the tease at the end though was literally the biggest cock block that I've ever seen that we have one more thing and that one thing was literally just Sonic just running through a forest 
Sonic's running. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Good shit. That's it. <laughs> Nothing more. I was it was just like, wait, what? Seriously? Okay. But no, yeah. Um yo, if you're a Sonic fan, this is mega for you, no doubt about it, especially when especially with the retro games as well. So Clicking um, around for sixty seconds on, on Google, Sonic Colors seem does seem to be a well, a liked Sonic game amongst the Sonic fans. Which is cool. Yeah. I liked Sonic Forces. Like I didn't love it. But I thought it was okay. Fixer got mad at me because I gave it because he always insisted on scores on reviews, and I gave it the same score as Assassin's Creed Origins. What did you give that? Seven out of ten. <sighs> so that's why you stopped doing not the scores. I mean, that's did why you? I got yeah, I got fired <laughs> for not liking Assassin's Creed. I didn't. I, I, I didn't. Just for anybody takes that and runs with it, I did not get fired for not liking Assassin's Creed. I didn't get fired at all. I'm just gonna throw just that out quit. there. <sighs> Walked out. <laughs> Don't start trying to start drama, Mooney. Where there's no drama to be had. I will probably play Sonic Origins, I'm not gonna lie. I, I have fond memories of those. I have fond memories of those Sonic games. Mm-hmm. Even Sonic C D. My, my next neighbor had us had a Mega Drive Mega C D. And they had that and Dune. There was a Dune game on it. It was bad. <laughs> Really bad. Hopefully, <laughs> the new film will be really good. I hope so. Let's keep the game train rolling. It's time for the NPD April 2021 placeholder, apparently. I guess I shouldn't have probably deleted that word. Um, <laughs> it's the time It's the time of year where there's two real that are going to come really, really quickly, back to back. Because I'm getting this one, and then we're getting the next one at, like before E3. Um of the way the MPD works, but we have the top 10 best-selling games of April 2021. And number one, MLB The Show 21. And number two, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Number three, New Pokemon Snap. Number four, Outriders. Number five, Near Replicant. Number six, Mortal Kombat 11. Number seven, Monster Hunter Rise. Number eight, Returnal. Number nine, It Takes Two. Number 10, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Of note there, like we'll talk about the games and where they landed and how cool they are, whatever. Of big of big note there is it takes two shot up the charts in its yeah. second month on sale. Not down like everybody else. It went Yeah, it shot right up. That just kind of makes me think, did it come out like the end of a month or something? For it to miss the March one? I think I a lot of people remember. didn't know what it was. And then it, it's one of the best reviewed games on Open Critic of 2021. It's arguably one of the best games that have come out this year. I know we haven't finished it yet and we've still got, and there was a certain story problem that we had a problem with. But um, still, one of the best games I've played this year. I can't deny that for me personally. But um, yeah, that's kind of a, a surprise. There's no doubt about it. Not a surprise that Mario Kart's still there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like GTA. It's like a bad smell. No, it is away. GTA. It is the new GTA. So yeah, Mario Kart uh, 9 Monster, comes out. Good to see Monster Hunter Rise still there. Like for us, I think it's like top three games of this yeah, year. Yeah, that game so I far. actually did like. Yeah, Neo Replicant. I know that's your favorite game this year so far, if I remember rightly. Um, Pokemon Snap. Not surprising. Pokemon game. They always gonna do Nintendo game, right? It's not even like Paul. It's just it's a Switch game <laughs> at this point. It's a Switch game. It's gonna be, it's gonna be up there, right? 
and uh, MBL and MLB the show. That Xbox Game Pass gave them a lot of good. Imagine <laughs> PlayStation. This is what happens when you put your game on other platforms. Basically, yeah. you'd sell more of them. That's why we're going to see Uncharted Four on PC. Yeah, I can't wait to see that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um. Yeah, I like it. All the games. The, the fact that the fact that Neo Replicant hit the top ten, like, because I remember we we read that news story from uh, we read that interview with Yoko Taro on the podcast a few weeks ago, where he was like, "Yeah, yeah, this isn't gonna sell." <laughs> like, you you remember right? Where it's like, no yeah, one's gonna yeah, buy yeah. this. And I was like, people yeah. have bought it. That's great. It's a fucking. It's a phenomenal game. Um, there's a and the episode of Fashionably Late Reviews where I went on about it for half an hour. Um. I fucking love it. It's, it's tremendous. Like we rent our uh, our AAA games for the most part, and like even though I'd finished ending E and I'd done everything in that game, like sending it back was still quite difficult because <laughs> I was like, I don't want to get, I don't want to get rid of it, but like I just want, just want to, ex- I just want it to be there, like a comfort blanket, just just there. I know it's there. Um, yeah, MLB the show awesome i wish the for my fantasy critic though i wish that the review score had followed the sales but hey what can you do um and returnal is up there too top 10 outriders did something interesting outriders has done something interesting too which we'll talk about in a sec um like look at housemark a top ten best selling of game of the month. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Being the last generation, they were, they were the Resident Gun Studio. Now they're Which they're legit- the best game. <laughs> now they're legitimately up there mixing it with uh, with the big boys. The top ten best selling games year to date. Number one, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Number two, Super Mario 3D World. Number three, MLB The Show 21. Number four, Monster Hunter Rise. Number five, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. Number six, Outriders. Number seven, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Number eight, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Number nine, Minecraft. Number 10, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Outriders went up that list. Yep. We never yep. see games go up that list. <laughs> no, 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 we don't. They normally go down, apart unless you're GTA. <laughs> Not going back up. GTA just goes both directions. Yeah, yeah. And Mario Kart. Sometimes that goes both directions yeah. as well. But, um, oh, yeah. It's, uh, congr- like to say, all congratulations to all of them and everything like that. Miles Morales standing strong and everything. Monster Hunter Rise strong. Uh, Super Mario, great. Can't just ask for much more there, man. It's all good. It's all good, yeah. Shame, like, near, near Replicant or. Returnal didn't quite, quite make it into the into the top ten, even if just for one month. But everybody's got to buy that Minecraft, apparently. <laughs> even though it's on Game Pass. Um. Yeah. I'm. I'm starting to like try and like figure out now because we're almost halfway through the year, right? I'm trying to figure yeah. out now where that cutoff line is. Like, what are the games that aren't going to be there by the time, by the end of the year? And I'm looking and I'm thinking, I wonder if the cutoff line is num- is Outriders. So you get five got- more, five more new games, like new release games throughout the year that go in there. 
but we have such we have such a vague for the first time in in a long time we have such a vague idea of what's going to be out at the end of the year. COD, FIFA, MMO, uh, MMO, uh, NFL, NBA. Yeah. Like what no, else? I don't, is think, I, don't, I don't think Outriders will be in the top ten. But no, that's why I said the cutoff. Like, right. I think Monster Hunter won't be either. I think as much as I love that game. I mean, if I mean, it could go all, all the way up there, because the other cut line I have in my head is MLB. But then that's that's like eight new releases going into the top ten. Yeah, Dan, I don't know if that's gonna happen. We just bought but new card, new card, FIFA, NBA, uh-huh. NFL. Uh-huh. I that's think Horizon fun. will get in there. I, I think, think Horizon's whatever, going out. <laughs> whatever, whatever. Uh, I think Far Cry will be in that. I don't think Far Cry's coming out. Either. Um, and whatever the new games are going, oh, Pokemon. Mm, maybe the thing with the the thing with Pokemon is Arceus will be a top ten best selling game of twenty twenty two, but because Pokemon because Pokemon has two skews, like Sword and Shield had this. Um, and it again, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It sells incredibly well. Okay, but like, I don't know. I don't know. Just because it's two skews, I don't know. No, it'll be top 10 on guarantee. I'm safe. I think I'm safe to say. You've made a lot of guarantees. I'm going to go through this podcast episode before I edit it tonight. I'm going to write down all the guarantees and I'm going to, I'm going to have a Twitter, Twitter tweet. Cause I don't mind to say I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm going to have a tweet. About, I'm going to have a tweet. I'm going to make an infographic. Moody's guarantees. <laughs> Even though he has no sources whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't like the thing of the saying. Oh, I am ninety nine percent sure. I know people can. I don't like. So you can't hundred percent say that. I know I can't hundred percent say that. But I'm still just going to say I guarantee. I guarantee it for me personally. I like my guarantees. Just going off, what the, ma- just going off what the market's like and what market always <laughs> comes to be. Like you have like five bloody sports games in there. Two Call of Duties. <laughs> it's Warzone's fault. You still only get one a year until Warzone kept the kept Call of Duty relevant for the entire fucking twelve months. Thanks, Warzone. It's not like anyone at Activision makes anything else anymore. <laughs> Except Call of Duty. Ah um, Yeah. There's some notes here. Uh, April 2021, consumer spending across video game hardware content and accessories was $4.6 billion, a decline of 2% when compared to a year ago. Get used to hearing the word decline, everybody. <laughs> because we are now comparing pandemic lockdown. That's the year-to-date. That, those are the year-to-date numbers. So you remember how, like, last year this time, when it was like, hey, video game spending is up massively because everybody was locked down and buying video games and stuff. Now it's going to be <laughs> down on last year because people are back out doing things in the world and, you know, working and stuff. Spreading the virus and everything. Well, I remember this time last year, I was off. I'd been off work for like two months at this point. Ah, you got you got so much games playing. I really did. <laughs> I know you did. I was I got Animal Crossing played. You play a lot of Apex. <laughs> play a lot of Apex. Nintendo Switch was the best-selling hardware platform in both units and dollar, dollars during the month of April, as well as 2021, year-to-date. There's no surprise there. Um, it's going to be continue to be the best-selling console of the era, I think. Now, that's an Amy guarantee. 
I guarantee it will be the best-selling console of 2021 on the MPD. Uh, MLB The Show at 21 debuted as the best-selling game of April, the third best-selling game of 2021. Launch month dollar sales of MLB The Show 21 set a new franchise high. MLB The Show 21 was the best-selling game of the month on PlayStation platforms and ranked second on Xbox. Think PlayStation are actually thinking? <laughs> Maybe we should put one of our games on there. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I imagine, like, if anything, PlayStation are as salty as I was at the beginning of this podcast. Probably. Because <laughs> I bet they were thinking, nah, no one's going to buy it. <laughs> I'm curious. Ah, Call of Duty. I was like, wait, what was number one on, on Xbox? <laughs> it was Call of Duty. New Pokemon Snap was the third best-selling game of April and was the month's best-selling game on Nintendo platforms. Launch month physical sales of New Pokemon Snap more than doubled those of Pokemon Snap, which debuted in the July 1999 tracking month. That's the Switch effect, baby. It is. It just is. Seems like whatever Nintendo specifically releases on the Switch, it just sells like fucking crazy. Don't disagree what you're saying there. Also, different generation, different time. Uh, more consoles out there than ever before. Consoles gonna sell. But IP is more popular than it's ever been. Consoles gonna sell. It takes two climbed to ninth on the April 2021 bestseller chart after placing 22nd in its March debut month. It Takes Two was the third best-selling game of April on Xbox platforms while ranking 8th on PlayStation. We're done talking about video games, Moody. <laughs> now we talk about people who make them. <laughs> talk about the guy who should, should, should leave a CEO of Ubisoft. Okay. Ubisoft CEO Yves Gilmour says considerable bubble. Try that again. Ubisoft CEO Yves Gilmour says considerable progress has been made since abuse allegations. This comes from Jeffrey Rossover at GamesIndustry.biz. He writes, Ubisoft CEO Yves Gilmour has released a statement sharing insight into the changes the publisher has made since it faced a wave of accusations concerning abuse, harassment, and toxicity last year. The Assassin's Creed firm faced multiple allegations, both concerning individual members of staff, including managers and executives, and the broader company culture. Although the publisher has announced various changes to its internal structure over the past year, French publication Le Telegram reported last week that these have had minimal impact. Now, Gilles Moore has released a statement on the matter in which he wrote, quote, We have engaged in a company-wide effort to listen, learn, and build a roadmap for a better Ubisoft for all, end quote. The publisher has created several channels which employees can report misconduct with guaranteed anonymity. These reports will be reviewed and handled by, quote, an independent external partner, end quote. Excuse me. The reports of misconduct from last summer led to a series of investigations that resulted in company-wide training, disciplinary sanctions, and dismissals. More than 14,000 employees have taken part in assessments such as anonymous questionnaires, and 2,000 take part in focus groups and listening sessions. Ubisoft also worked with Accenture to review its global HR organization's policies and procedures in depth. These efforts have led to a new code of fair conduct. Gilmore shared that it would be mandatory for all team members to sign the new code of conduct once it's published in June. 
Alongside the changes made, new executive level appointments were shared as well, such as Annika Grant being named Chief People Officer and Ludwine Sauer being appointed as Head of Workplace Culture last summer. In addition, Rashi Sika was hired as Vice President of Global Diversity and Inclusion, and Lisa Orpia was appointed as Managing Director at Ubisoft Reflections and Leamington Studios. Leamington. I don't know why I said Leamington. It's pronounced Leamington. I used to live right next to it. <laughs> In closing, Gilles Moreau, quote, Considerable progress has been made, and we will continue to work hard with the ambition of becoming an exemplary workplace in the tech industry. The teams at Ubisoft continue to impress me with their engagement on this journey. Management, myself included, have a responsibility to act as role models and be exemplary for our teams. I want to stress my personal commitment to continue to improve our workplace culture and create real, lasting, and positive change at Ubisoft. End quote, end article. I mean, who's going first? <laughs> who's going to go first? <laughs> um, all I'm just going to say is this. Yeah, it gives me time now. CEO, you should do the honorable thing and step down. You know, you knew what was happening. And if you didn't, that just is even worse. You need to step down. No one in the industry believes you. I, well, no one in the industry with a right frame of mind will believe you. And has actual high morals and everything. You're a lying, devious little man who has too much power. And I'd rather believe the paper right now. And I know I'm not the biggest fan of news journalists either. So that's how below I have to go here. Um, I don't believe any of this this crap personally. Yes, I hope I hope things are changing, but going off the report of the Telegram, it is not, and that you've actively moved smaller people who have been doing dickish things to other roles instead to get them out of the fire just because they aren't they weren't the faces of that we knew of like Assassin's Creed and the Far Cries and everything else. This company is. Like Amy said last week, you can play these games. You can even review these games. But you should you still need to hold these this company to account. We're talking about and content creators and journalists here. Yeah. Not 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 job of like I should just find out. Yes. Yes, I was just about to say that. But Amy jumped jumped her gun. But it's alright. She keeps she keeps me on the straight and narrow. Um This company needs to needs a huge wake up call. And sadly, it's probably not going to happen. I hope I'm deeply wrong here. And a huge wake-up call will happen because the, the what was revealed last year hasn't hurt them at all. Their reputation might be hurt, but that doesn't mean anything to a, to a customer and everything like that. And you need to come out. We need, we need to come together and try and sort something where um, that they are held accountable. And this guy here needs to be held accountable the most. That's my two cents. Cool. I'll give you mine. One, they had a wake-up call. It happened last year. 
everything that's happened. Everything that's happened is the result is the result of that wake up call. Like you I, don't can... think they've, I don't think they've had a big enough one. Of course not. This was the wake up call. What are we going to do? Are we going to have another expose? Like, no, what's that going to no, do? I... Like, it's it's that's that's when you get into to Vasa's definition definition of insanity. Like, what's going to happen? A bunch more people are going to say, "Hey, Ubisoft's still a shitty place to work," and everyone's just going to go, "Yeah, but Far Cry Six looks pretty good." Like, <laughs> welcome to the games industry. <laughs> like, this is how it goes. It took. That's why I say they haven't had their wake up call. Because they're getting away with it. Like they're going to keep getting away with it. That's why I say. That's why I say they haven't had their wake up call. I I try to be the 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 optimist as much as possible. Like I try not. No, you don't. I do. (laughs) Sure. No, you don't. You're the most pessimistic person I know. That's not true. (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ! I know some of the people you know. That's not true in the slightest. Um, I try not to be cynical about as much as possible. And this isn't, nothing's going to change this. And you can laugh at me all you want. I, it's like, it's true. Like, just because I just be, just because I know the truth about how this I'm works. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing, <laughs> I'm la- I'm laughing at what I said. Just, this, this is how <laughs> this works. Me. This is how this always works. There are too many people who prefer access to, to doing, I don't know, the right thing, I guess. And that's never going to change. Ever. Because if... If big content creators started actually trying to hold Ubisoft accountable, the the smaller content creators will just fill the void. If the big outlets start trying to hold Ubisoft accountable, then the medium-sized outlets will just fill that void. That's how it works. You'll never get unified action on this, which means that the best possible outcome that we could have we could have hoped for was this. Because again, you can you could have another explosion of of allegations about Ubisoft tomorrow. And you, it wouldn't move the needle at all. And I believe every word Yves Gilmore says here because what I realized was, as I was reading it out loud, is all of the things that are listed in this article that are changes that he's talking about, they, they were all in the Telegram last week. He's not actually presenting any new information in defense of, in defense of his company or the way he's running his company. So... I go back to that Telegram article and I read the things from the people who are actually inside Ubisoft and the things that they were saying about how these initiatives have worked. And that that's my takeaway from it. Like, it's its its unchanged from last week. Yves Gilmore is just trying now to say, to do what he did last year with the, with the Ubisoft forward stuff. And he's just trying to push it aside and move on because they've got E3 to worry about. And they want people to focus on their games, which they will. And we know they will. Like, everybody will be creaming their fucking pants over, damn it, Far Cry 6. They'll probably reveal Splinter Cell and everyone will forget that Ubisoft was even involved in any of this stuff. Like, I got a comment. I got a comment on last week's podcast on YouTube, and there's a comment on there that, like, everything we talked about about Ubisoft, because it was the headline thing, so, like, it was the Ubisoft podcast. And the title is something like, we need to hold Ubisoft accountable. Can't remember. And th- there's a comment on there which is just they need to announce Splinter Cell at E3. And I was like, okay, <laughs> well, okay, that's where we're at. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It matters to me, and it matters to the people who are abused and hurt by this company. It matters a great I agree. deal. I I agree, but that's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter. That's why the thing hasn't been that big of a deal. 
because it doesn't matter to everybody to the for the majority of the people and everything like that it matters to you it matters to me and everything it matters to like uh jim sterling who freaking calls them out all the time it matters to to uh, but all of us are nothing compared to the big outlets who do not nothing and that's the thing that always gets me aggravated like the like when we were talking about the ign story last week i I sided, I agreed with what you were saying, everything like that, but at the same time, I had little sympathy for them. At the same time, I admit that. I'm not ashamed to fucking admit that. I had least little sympathy towards to the journalists a little bit. Because they don't hold any company to accountable. Now, if that's because of the higher-ups and everything, then that's them, and then, I, and then I'll apologise for that. But I had no a lot big sympathy for them. And that's the thing where I'm coming from with this. The, 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 the big old thing of... Where is it? Fucking <clears throat> Jesus. Sorry, not you. I'm just... Abuse, harassment, and toxic th the allegations of last year has done nothing. And that's the thing that I, that's the most annoying yeah. thing in the world, or thinking like that. The thing what hurts me even more is that the one of the, this was one of the companies that had brought me back into gaming. And one of the, and this, the one of the things was the most annoying thing was that this is one of the companies I was literally thinking, oh, I could oh, I could work for these when I started the, into into college and everything like that. I was thinking, oh, this would be brilliant and everything. I don't want to touch them. I don't want to go near them. I walk past their freaking company every freaking day every time I go to college. And it's and I'm just like, I want to flip them off every time. <laughs> and that's that? the worst thing about it because they've made me feel like this. I don't like feeling like this. I don't like feeling angry at a company who should should just be throwing out great, amazing games and we should be celebrating that. But we don't get to celebrate that. We have to talk about an idiot CEO who probably knows more than that than he was learning on or he's just absolutely the worst CEO, CEO of all flipping time. And... And he should bloody resign in everything. And everyone else who's had sexual harassment claims against them should be all bloody fired and blacklisted from the flipping industry and everything. But sadly, because they're not doing that. They're covering half the buggers up and just letting the ones who, who were the faces of certain franchises go, but yet still not get um, arrested or uh, lawsuits against them or anything like that that we know of. That things might happen further down the line, nothing like that, and that's the thing about it. I just don't like. This is a great company, throwing out great games, and it it, it sickens me to hear like it's a cyberpunk thing all go all over again. When I saw them throw the QAs under the bloody bus, I was thinking they're the going to be one of the most important in part of the industry, and you just thrown them under the bus because of your greed and arrogance. And it's the same for things with this one, so that pisses me off. That's all about it. I agree everything what you're saying, Amy. I really do. And I'll ne you know, we get on like a house on fire, but that's the thing about where I'm coming from. This has not hurt them in whatever way. I know, and we that's just said the, the same thing. thing. Apart from, yeah, and it's apart from flipping reflections off. That's yeah. new. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's the thing about it. I hate this. I hate this. I mean, good. Uh, and I'll be... never... Go on. Good. <laughs> I'm glad yeah, you hate yeah, this. Yeah, I hate this. I hate you because of this now. It means it means I've, <laughs> I want to be I want to be clueless again, Amy. It means I've picked a good co-host. I want to be clueless again. I want to be clueless again. No, but no, yeah, it's uh sadly this is the industry and like this yeah. is why this is why I get incredibly touchy incredibly easily easily around obviously big companies that's no surprise. We've been I've been covering this stuff for years around content creators being ignorant around outlets being ignorant and and sometimes i'll go off like 
for what from the from an outside perspective is probably like I'll go I'll go off. Wow, you went off a bit too easy there. It's like it's because I've been here for years. I've been here for years, Moody. This isn't this this is not this is this is how it works. <laughs> this is how it works with Riot, with Ubisoft, with Activision Blizzard, with Rockstar, THQ Nordic. Everybody's forgotten about THQ Nordic and the shit that they pulled a, a while ago. Biomutants out now. And they're pulling more shit with that. Like, this is how how it works. And like, I'll stand up and point it out every time, but I'm a very, 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 very small YouTube person. I don't like to say YouTuber. Oof. Content creator. Like, I like to think that I put more effort into it than just being a, calling it content. But um I'll stand up games and say pod- it. Games podcaster. I'll stay I'll stand up and say it every time, but we will like, stand on that hill with our swords out and die together and everything. I will happily <laughs> stand so, up there gonna, with you. We're going to die but, on the hill together. Yeah, but uh, that's the thing about it. I think it's like, I feel like I've said on many occasions and everything like that, and I'll bring it up even when we talk about the Mass Effect, when we talk about it probably next week or the week after. Um, I just came back into the industry, like in 2013, really. That's when my whole thing will change and everything. Oh my god, E3? What the fuck is E3 and everything like that? And I saw all the conferences, loved all of them, even though the Microsoft one was nothing but TV, 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 games, games, yeah, TV, 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 and everything like that. And then whatnot. I was still hyped because I was thinking, this is amazing. I did not know this was here and anything like that. Ubisoft, you had a great conference. EA, you... You and, had something with uh, PlayStation. Oh my God! You did the one-two punch and everything. Along comes Amy and ruins the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And I was just like, I think it's just uh, like more the realization, like, of me, like, I know I didn't know anything, but I really didn't know anything, and I feel that's the thing. I think I'm ashamed of myself a little bit of the part of that these people have suffered because of this, and. Only us, a small outlet, and other other people I know like that, and like there the biggest one I know. And content creators out there who do this, who talk about this stuff. Fun. There are journalists and content creators out there who talk about this stuff, obviously. Um, but it's never, not in the biggins, though. Oh, no. I can tell. Oh, no. I might be wrong there. Oh God, no. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, and that's the thing about what's the more scummy thing about yeah. it. That's why, like I said, that like, I had little sympathy for the IGN staff last more, year. Last you're, year. More, you're more likely to see a big... Con- not necessarily a journalist, actually maybe even journalist, but you're more likely to see a big content creator jump the fence front of the other side <laughs> and start and complain about The Last of Us Part 2 in a very no. bigoted fashion. And then go, I'm not a bigot. Well, hang on. I'm just reacting to things that other people have said. Mm-hmm. I, wonder sure. who that, I wonder who that I wonder who was. I'm I think thinking of a, right there. Or like another they, prominent... They have a black beard. Another, another, black another prominent YouTuber who used to be a part of a bigger crew that I used to follow. He just like continuously puts his own foot in his mouth. There are plenty mm. of them out there who will jump the fence to the other side all the time. I was, that's Sherlock Holmes's um, arch nemesis, isn't it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, like this Ubisoft thing... <laughs> <laughs> We're getting closer and closer. I just, I don't mind saying their names to the bombing much or bloody ever. Yeah, but um, no, yeah. one of them finds this video like that's a whole like that's a whole like week of like having my Twitter account on lockdown and blocking a bunch of people. I don't have the time. <laughs> I've got. I'm being productive nowadays, Moody. I don't have the time to deal with that shit. That's true. You are. Colin Mariotti's fans can, can really take up a lot of your time. Oh shit! I said it out loud. Oh no! My, oh no! Oh dear. 
And the angry army, go fuck yourself. Um, but yeah, like this Ubisoft thing is is we agree. We're just coming at it from two different directions. No, you've been in the you've been in the trenches a lot longer than me. I'm literally like a young private coming for, coming into World War One, getting thinking all in my clean uniform and everything like that, and you're just there fagging on. Where have they pulled you out, <laughs> private? <laughs> Come with me. <laughs> He's a diaper. You're gonna need it. <laughs> yeah, hey, you want to you want to smoke? I don't smoke. They'll kill you. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's not what's gonna kill you. <laughs> um, I used to say that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's yeah. Like there's there's someone having a conversation. They're having a conversation right outside my door, and have been for the last ten minutes. I can't hear anything. So Good. Uh, I'm glad because that hopefully means that the podcast listeners can't hear anything either. Um, sure. The. Yeah. Like everyone forgot about THQ. I didn't. Hosted an AMA on 8chan. But everybody's just like, hey, Biomutant looks good. <laughs> yeah. It goes yeah, around all the so time. Good. Yeah. Looks so good. Looks yeah. Good. Until it came out and then. THQ Nordic themselves decided to punch down on the reviewers. Remind just just in case everybody forgot that they're a really shitty company. <laughs> they decided to remind everybody for some reason. Anyway. IGN. Let's talk about them. Oh joy. <laughs> I just did. I know. IGN management says Paul Palestine at Charity Post was editorial decision. No, I'm going to save my commentary for afterwards. This is from Brendan Sinclair over at GamesIndustry.biz. He writes, IGN editorial management has reportedly taken responsibility for last week's decision to pull a story raising money for Palestinians hurt in recent attacks by Israel, according to a Vice Waypoint report. The outlet obtained by a staff... The outlet obtained a staff memo sent by IGN chief content creator Pear Schneider in the wake of an open letter signed by more than 80 IGN employees as a writing, calling the retraction of the article a clear instance of corporate overreach. In his memo, Schneider said he deliberated with IGN publisher John Davidson and an unnamed boss in determining how to handle the post originally, but took responsibility for the decision. The open letter was signed by about three quarters of the editorial team, but not Schneider or Davidson. However, he said the Post's original publication was evidence of, quote, an editorial team process failure, end quote. Schneider added that he wanted to have a third-party editorial ombudsman work with management and staff to overhaul the editorial process to prevent similar instances in the future while protecting editorial independence. Quote, There are likewise many other people among our 238 global employees who have and continue to privately raise concerns about why IGN is straying so far from a focus on games and entertainment. It's literally, it's literally like that. This game isn't political, but for an for an outlet. I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. And how and why the original post was even published with certain language and imagery in it, Snyder said. There are IGN employees very hurt by the original position posted, as well as intimidated to the point where they will not speak up other than in a confidential setting. This truly upsets me on countless levels. That's not us. End quote. Waypoint also reported that Steve Horowitz, president of IGN parent Ziff Davis, insisted in a company all-hands meeting this week, quote, nobody else at Ziff Davis owner J2 or Ziff Davis ordered the post to go down, end quote. Bullshit, don't believe you. <laughs> don't believe you. I don't believe any of that. Like, it was weird to read because it was like, I don't believe it. <laughs> I don't believe the editorial process broke down that much that 
the post could go up through the ed- through the editorial process, but then somehow come down also through the editorial process. I think Pesh Nile is lying. Seems like it. I think I think he's gone to corporate, and they've told him the crack, and he's lying. And if I was, and I said, I know I said last week, and I, I still stand by it. It's obviously very difficult to to leave a job, you know. Like you've got things, you've got to support yourself. You've got mortgages and kids and houses or whatever to pay for. Um, if I was an IGN employee and I was reading that, I'd run like hell as fast and as quickly as possible mm-hmm. away from this because mm-hmm. they're gonna the, because because of the the whole thing. Because again, I think Pear Schneider is lying, and again, that's my opinion. That's not a fact, and that's not. I don't have evidence of that, so you can't sue me for that. Um, the line that they're going to overhaul the editorial process to prevent similar instances in the future run that's my sincere plea to anyone on the IGN editorial team run away because this isn't going to end well no I agree I agree last week I said I, I agreed I uh, uh, I said the same thing I was like I would not be surprised if many a few of them leave and everything like that I'm now changing that stance to run like hell get out get out you need to, because this is clearly corrupt, political, whatever, all all crap all added into one thing. And um, There's a full story on Vice Waypoint by Patrick Klepek, which is what this is pulled from. I actually originally had that in the notes, but it's really long. So I chose to use the games industry his summary of it, but you should definitely go and read the, the full thing because um, there's a lot more context. He's talked to a lot more people behind the scenes at IGN. Um, to sort of give context to what's in here. This is sort of like the basic version of it. Um, I'd be, I, I, I know, and again, like, I know it's easier said than done, but like, I would be polishing that resume up right now. <laughs> like, if I was working at IGN. I bet a lot of them have. Um, if I could check it out before E3, like, I think that would be my ideal scenario uh, if I was working at IGN. At this very second, um, not gonna lie, a lot of them could could start their own thing. I they thought really that. Could. I thought like yeah. some of the bigger personalities could probably join up, join up, and Patreon, start Patreon. do like, doing easy, easy allies, easy do allies. kind of funny type thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, do that type of thing. I think they really could, and they would be huge. Okay. They really would be. They would have a huge following, everything like that. And yeah, I would and support they, it. Well, I would support it. At least for like in the initial instance, I would support it just to get them all out of there. Because there are a lot mm-hmm. of individual writers at IGN who I have massive respect for. Mm-hmm. Um, like what? What? What's her name? Rebecca Valentine. Yeah, she's like Rebecca Valentine. She's Matt amazing. King. She's absolutely amazing. She is one of the best writers, and we both said when she when she said when when she went there, so good. Wait. A, a person who might actually talk about the bullshit in the industry, and she has. I've seen a couple of the articles that she throws out, which is fantastic and everything. No one else does it, but whatever. Um, I'm going to say that. Run! Run back to the games industry. They, I'm sure they'll want you back. They'll happily take you back. And everything like that. But my, yeah. Um, IGN's not going to be a sinking ship or anything like that. We know it's going to survive and everything, but... I can see it's going to be looking a lot different in eighteen months' time, I just with people in people, um, the faces of the faces of the company and everything like that. I will be very surprised. I can agree with that. 
I think we're going to see a new. There was um. Sorry. No, no. I think, like I said, I think we're going to see like a new... some of them combined, join together, and create their own thing. Let's see. There was a part in the Vice story, uh, Patrick story, um, originally where part of the part of the memo that Per Schneider released was um was him talking about how the the support for the Palestinian charities was way different than the support for the Black Lives Matter charities, and I'm. I mean, it was a year ago. Hasn't he said something silly before? But it was sure he has. Probably. Didn't he say something silly about the Black Lives Matter thing? I don't. I don't want to speculate because I don't know. Um, it was a year ago, and I don't. I like. I remember vaguely the the, the what the outlets did, but I'm, I'm pretty sure the the level of support was about the same. I think. If I'm, I'm I think like the difference. The difference out, is. Yeah. And again, and I pointed it out during it, and I want to say it again, like, Per Schneider's statement reads exactly like you, Ubisoft talking about a game saying, well, it's not political. You know, they're obviously political games are not political. Like, he practically all but says it in the memo. <laughs> like, oh, you know, if, there's private concerns about IGN strength so far from staying focused on games. <laughs> like, I've heard people say that. I like I see people all the time say that to to games journalists. Stick to games. Stick to games. Stick to games. Like fuck off. And if but if the if the person in charge of IGN is saying that, fuck off to him too. <laughs> and what is it Kirk says in that one Star Trek movie? Double dumbass on you. Like fuck you, Bear Schneider. Get fucked. Allegedly. I'm pretty sure I'll say this because this is not him saying, but I'm pretty sure that. Um... He tweeted out a thing about if black people want to get into the industry and everything that like that. Him. And it, that wasn't think. him. That wasn't him. I remember okay. that tweet. It was yeah. someone who worked at IGN. Yeah. I'd have to look it up. Because okay. I think I know who it was, but I don't want to yeah, yeah, say yeah, in yeah, case yeah. I'm wrong. Okay. Um, okay. But if I'm wrong now, I apologize. No, it wasn't. I, I'm, I'm 99% sure it wasn't Per Schneider. Because that person got a lot of crap from IGN stuff alone for that. <laughs> got a lot of shit from a lot of people. Got a lot of shit from me. Not that that matters. It, we'll talk about it off, off air. Go on, yeah, no worries. But I, I've just Let's found a post Let's talk about Itchio, Amy. Yeah, I've got a bit of an itch, thanks. Oh, you mean actually do the podcast? Yeah, sure, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's do a podcast, yeah. Palestine itch.io bundle set to go live next week. This is from Johnny Cullen over at Player Diaries. He writes, A massive bundle of games is set to go live on itch.io to help humanitarian efforts and rebuild efforts in Palestine. The bundle has been put together by Toadhouse Games founder Alana Linnaer over the course of a week and is headlined by Laya and the Shadows of War, a game made by Palestinian developer Rashid Abu... Abuida, centered around surviving a bombing run in Gaza. Some of the other games that are included are Kid Fox Games' Moon Hunters, Shattered Planet, and Fit for a King, as well as Retrace from Spidey Lily Games, great game, played it last year, Headspun from Super String Studio, and a lot more. Those taking part are being asked if they, that if they confirmed their presence via the initial Google Doc to post their itch link that for their including into the bundle, and only the itch link through this forum post. All proceeds from the bundle will go towards the United Nations Relief and Works Agency that are providing food assistance as well as mental and physical health protection. In an interview, Linnea told Player Diaries that 800 games from 700 developers will be part of the Palestine bundle. During the chat, she spoke of the, the unity the games industry has, has 
as one when a tragic event such as what's going on in Palestine happens. Quote, I feel like we put a lot of love into what we create and it feels good to have something you've created with love with others. They're more than willing when they're called upon for such an obvious cause when something tragic happens. It makes everyone pay attention. Once everyone is paying attention and you can't ignore it any longer, it would make sense to me that indie devs, because we do have a lot of heart, would want to be like, right, I want to help, but I don't know how. Here's what I have. I have no money, no land, but I have these little creations I've made, and if that helps, please, by all means, take them and make them do good, end quote. I don't need to read the rest of it. The bundle, actually I do. The bundle for Palestine on itch.io will go live from May 29th through to June 11th with a pay-what-you-want model with a minimum spend of $5 for a copy of Liar and the Shadows of War. Liar and the Shadows of War. Ah. Right. My itch, my itch library is going to get a lot bigger again. <laughs> a lot bigger, yeah. I remember when I got the Black Lives Matter one that got over a thousand games. That was amazing. I was thinking I've still got it. It's attached to my uh, Epic account now because of what they've. I was looking. The app attached. I was to looking it. through it. Um, not that long ago, actually. <laughs> like yeah, just scrolling some through, great games, just being yeah. like, oh, okay, cool. I actually own some of these games. Like that's yeah, good. I own some of them twice as well. Like on my consoles, I was like, I don't mind. I don't. I, mean, I don't care because the bu- yeah. bundle was right. And I'll and I'll say this right now. I'm gonna happily buy this bugger next week. I can't Same, wait for yeah. it. It's gonna be a fantastic thing. Um, Keep talking for a minute while I turn my hair back. No, no, no worries. Um, this is a fantastic thing. They do a great thing all the time. Thankfully, they fixed their the crap that they were gonna do like a couple of weeks ago that we talked about, which is happy, which is a good thing to hear. And now it's just like you put in the money you wanted to, what you want to put in, and you get over eight hundred games, ladies and gentlemen. And that is a fantastic opportunity there to play some amazing games and also for a great cause. So go out there, help this be a fantastic opportunity for you can't ask for much more there itchio just keeps just keeps kicking ass they keep kicking ass itchio they just keep kicking ass they do the the thing that you were mentioning that we talked about a couple of weeks ago was humble bundle oh was it (laughs) (laughs) i am getting my out david i'm just gonna say it's been a long ass day today for me ladies i've had a lot of work to do for college and my brain is fried this is my version of when keith used to say allegedly right before i started potentially libeling or slandering someone (laughs) yeah yeah i just slandered everybody just like 20 minutes ago so it's fine i'll keep i'll keep you out of legal trouble it's fine I have no money. So my, one of my it. one of my friends one of my friends is is doing a law degree. It's the only reason I started this podcast because <laughs> I know a I lawyer. Calling you up shortly. <laughs> I've literally said to her. I've literally said to her like, you know, one day I might need you. <laughs> like, I have no money, but I might need you. <laughs> don't you just talk? But I thought you just podcasted about games. Like I know, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, okay. But I call people out. <laughs> You don't know no, what that's like. Kind of go moody on there. <laughs> you don't know what that's like, man. You don't know. You went there. You don't know, man. You don't know. <laughs> uh, there's loads of interesting info in Sony's PlayStation Investor Relations document. This is from Wesley Ian Poole over at Eurogamer. He writes. There's a lot more to Sony's PlayStation Investor Relations document than confirmation Uncharted 4 is coming to PC. The document, published as part of Sony's 2021 Investor Relations Day, focuses on the company's game and network services segment. It's penned by PlayStation boss Jim Ryan and includes a number of interesting bits of information that reveals Sony's master plan for its money-printing video game business. 
At the beginning, Sony mentions it's, quote, building our biggest ever platform, end quote, with the PlayStation 5, and then it's working to ensure our longest ever tail with the PS4. PS5 has delivered PlayStation's highest ever launch sales with 7.8 million units sold as of the end of Sony's financial year, ending March 2021. But a million of them actually went to customers. For context, PS4 sold 7.6 million <laughs> in the same time frame. PS3 sold 3.6 million, PS2 sold 1.4 million, and PS1 sold 700,000. PS4 has 45% console market share, according to Sony. With PS5, it's targeting over 50%. To this end, Sony points to favorable demographics that should ensure PS5 is a massive success. It reveals growing interest in PlayStation gaming among women, with the proportion of women among console ownership increasing from 18% with PS1 to 41% with PS4 and PS5. Here's an interesting one. We know Sony is currently selling PS5 at a loss. According to this document, Sony expects the PS5 Standard Edition to break even from June and make a profit soon after. As you'd expect, the real money is not made from the sale of consoles, rather it's from software, services, and peripherals. During the 2020 financial year, consoles made up 20% of revenue, with software, services, and peripherals making up 80%. Seems like a redundant statement, but okay. Like, consoles made up 20%, and then literally everything else PlayStation sells made up the rest. Hope did it. <laughs> no way. During the 2013 financial year, consoles made up 48%, leaving 52% for software, services, and peripherals. Despite the focus on PS5, Sony says PS4 remains the key driver of PlayStation Store revenue, with strong new releases including Horizon Forbidden West. During the 2020 financial year, 95% of PS Store revenue came from PS4. Sony reckons for the 2021 financial year, that will drop down to 70%. Uh, Sony has 48 million paying PS Plus subscribers with online multiplayer the most popular primary reason for signing up. Free games isn't that far behind. Um, I think I'm done. Yeah, go and have a look at the rest. If you want to see the rest of the stuff like that's in there, go to Eurogamer. Um, there's a ton more stuff about PSVR, about China, about their opening stores in, in Europe. So that they can sell all of their PlayStation 5s directly to scalpers in Europe. It's, it's fine. It's all a thing. Um, scalpers gonna scalp. Scalpers gonna scalp. Uh, Uncharted 4 is coming to PC. That's a weird one to start with. <laughs> I wonder if there's like other games before it that maybe could have done with coming to PC so you could get the full experience. But hey, I'm this one hasn't been out before Days Gone. Like Days Gone was out later than Uncharted 4. So, um, I, I'm over the moon. Is there any reason just to get shit Uncharted 4 again? Play that again? That doesn't bother me whatsoever. I, I love that game. I thought it was in a great. Oh, it is bothering me. I just thought it was weird that the Nathan Drake collection is right there. Is right yeah. there. <laughs> Maybe they might do that. That's out there. That's uh, extra money. So, that's extra more dollars for them to do that. So, right. and for them to get. So, they probably will do it. They probably are thinking about it. That's one of their big IPs. There was a slide in the in the, the thing, which Eurogamer didn't talk about, <clears throat> where they were talking about their blockbuster IPs. Obviously, Uncharted was in there. Mm -hmm. um, Returnal and Ghost of Tsushima were both like, these are our brand new blockbuster IPs. So yeah. we might actually be getting more from both of those. Interestingly, yeah. they listed both Bloodborne and Demon's Souls. <laughs> it's like their big blockbuster IPs. And it's like, well, I'm glad you remembered Bloodborne exists. Do you maybe want to do something about that? Or... Maybe that's them hinting that they are, Amy. 
nah, I don't have any faith Bloodborne in PlayStation 2. doing what I want them to do anymore. Bloodborne 2, Henry, could it happen? Bloodborne no. on PC, Henry, could no. that happen? Bloodborne 2 is being developed in the same at the same speed as Half-Life 3. It's going to release around about the same time. So the, so, we, so you're going to get a VR experience before the sequel. <laughs> not before the sequel. Before There's no Half-Life sequel. It doesn't exist. It's not happening. Half-Life 3 will never happen. That's, a, that's an Amy guarantee. <laughs> you want to talk that's about Moody guarantees? Guarantee. An Amy guarantee. Half-Life 3 oh, won't I, happen. I, I, I can second that guarantee. Valve can't count a 3. It's fine. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Let's talk about Resident Evil, Henry. Um, oh, fine. It's the next story. What's that? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I oh, mean, no, I was fine. Oh. I was going to skip that one anyway, but you confused that shit out of me by reading my mind, essentially. Resident Evil Village has shipped 4 million copies faster than the previous three games. That's it. That's the story. In 20 days, Village has shipped 4 million. Mm-hmm. Congrats! It, it did it, yeah. It did it faster than Resident Evil Seven, instead of faster than Resident Evil Two and Three. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Yeah, like we both uh, agree that Resident Evil uh, Village is a good game. We've really enjoyed it. It's a lot of fun. Winters is as dumb as dumb as cost crap, basically. Winters is as dumb as Ethan Winters is as dumb as the rest of the game. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. Like, like there was literally a part where. There's yeah. a part. Yeah, there's a part. Yeah. Um, as I said, I will, in... I will say this. Shout out to girlfriend reviews because their review of it is stupendous. Can you not like advertise ours? <laughs> I already have. I did that ages ago. Good lord. Um. Yeah. Like I said in our fashion of late reviews, it's like it's a dumb as fuck game, but like it's fine because it's it's that kind of entertaining dumb, right? It's like you watch a dumb film sometimes. Like, dude, where's my car? And it's entertaining. And Resident Evil Village is dumb as fuck. It's pretty entertaining about it. Um, like people think when I say it's a dumb game, they think I'm, I'm talking shit about it. Yeah, don't worry, dumb shit works. It's all right. No, it's fine. No, I enjoy yeah. it. I enjoy it. Dumb games dumb. work. Like you, you know what else is dumb, ladies and gentlemen? Mario is a dumb game, but it's still one of the best games ever because all he does is goes through a jumping thing to get fight to but, go and save a princess, then goes into her next castle to do the same thing over and over again. Could you imagine a gritty, like realistic Resident Evil game that took itself really seriously and wasn't really stupid? I don't oh, think God. that would be a very good game. Wasn't that The Last of Us? I mean, yeah, but if it was Resident. Uh... You missed the point. Like, you just missed the point entirely. <laughs> Basically, what you've just said is, oh, do you, are you trying to say The Last of Us is terrible? Like, yes, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. Thanks, Mooney. <laughs> you really fucking nailed my point. <laughs> if Capcom, you know, Capcom <laughs> tried to make a serious Resident Evil game, it wouldn't be very good. I know, I agree with you there. I think that's not the last of us. That's not the last of us. <laughs> no, I'm okay, I don't get this. I'm confused now. The Congratulations, last... Resident Evil Village, for being a dumbass game and selling some amazing, selling, selling well. Capcom, let's just be frank. Capcom, you're killing it lately. Monster, Monster Hunter Rise, uh, Monster Hunter, Resi oh. Three, Resi Two, Resi Seven. They've been kicking ass. 
Street Fighter. The Devil May Cry Five. Street Fighter. Devil May Cry Five, Resident Evils, and now it's going to all culminate in two weeks' time at E3, ladies and gentlemen, when they finally announce Dino nothing. Crisis Remake. When they announce nothing. <laughs> it's going to have some dinosaurs in it. <laughs> do you want another Remy guarantee, or do you just want me to move on? <laughs> Let's move on and talk about some Mass Effect, Amy. We love talking about Mass Effect. Same-sex Mass Effect Legendary Edition mods are on the way using cut assets. This is from Liana Ruppert over at Game Informer. He writes, because of course it is, because if there's anything going on about Mass Effect, it's from Liana Ruppert over at Game Informer. Basically, yeah. RPGs that allow romance as a feature give players that are interested in that kind of content another layer of immersion to enjoy. Skyrim does it, Dragon Age does it, Mass Effect does it. Mass Effect 1 didn't do it well. <laughs> Not wrong. But the team learned it evolved and eventually added more op options in the subsequent two releases. That being said, more options were left on the cutting room floor, including Jack as a pansexual option, and modders for the original tri trilogy were quick to restore those scenes. While right now there is only one mod to restore same-sex romances, one for default male shepherd only, the community as a whole is hard at work on restoring what was cut. Files were cut in the original games, eliminating voice lines that were recorded for same-sex romance options regarding characters like Caden, Jack, Jacob, Thane, and even Tally. While some of the dialogue options were recorded without the intention of being used, which is explained a little further down, others were cut due to social pressure to eliminate same-sex pairings. Most notoriously was the decision to cut Jack, a character that plainly states in her conversations with Shepard that she's been with both men and women, due to criticisms from Fox News. Luckily, just like Modus did for the original trilogy, the community is coming in to save the day by doing the same for the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Ryan Ainsworth, known as, Am as Audemus in the modding community, recently sat down with our friends over at the game to talk about one of the many initiatives going forward with the remaster. Since the Mass Effect Legendary Edition uses an updated WI's audio engine, it's easier to mod in cut audio than it was for the original trilogy, something that players have seen with some of the older same-sex mods. Because of that update, the modding community is finding it easier to restore those cut romances, including Caden and Ashley, which were limited to just the third game. Quote, I think the lack of LGBT representation in the Mass Effect trilogy is quite disappointing, Ainsworth told the site. Especially since, for example, you can't get the full Paramour achievement in the Legendary Edition if you play a strictly gay male Shepard. I know there are petitions to get Bioware to add in those romances for Mass Effect 2 and Kanan's gay romance in the first Mass Effect, and while it's a shame that it doesn't look like it's going to end up happening, I can say that with our improved Mass Effect 2 audio modding potential, plus the fact that all of the unused same-sex romance voiceover is still present in the Legendary Edition's files, these mods are not just on the table, they're pretty much certain to be made, end quote. He added, quote, so PC gamers can rejoice. That was a terrible joke. Don't print that. Off the top of my head, those would be for Caden, <laughs> Ashley, Jacob, Jack, Miranda, Thane, and Tally. For some of them, there isn't enough in the files to fully restore, but we could be very clever with reusing splicing existing lines to fill in the blanks, end quote. Good. Still so baffles me. I here. could mod in having my friendship date Tally? Yes. It was There was originally voice lines recorded for it. And some of those voice I lines were left, were left in the I game. I did not know this yeah. at all. I didn't know this. I openly admit I didn't know this. Um, this is brilliant. This is fantastic. This is uh, this is great representations. It's a shame that the cup that the studio isn't doing this. And that's a modern company out there who's doing it and everything like that. But oh, uh, at least they say it's uh, like they say themselves. Like 
it's simple. It's a, it's simpler to do now because it's sticking with the same engine and everything. So it should be hopefully something that can get rectified really fast, which is really really good, and that's what you want to see. So fantastic. Modders to the rescue. Yeah, the, it's one of the the it's one of the black marks against Mass Effect too, where it's just like they like it's so disappointing, um, that they kind of just went backwards from the very light LGBT representation from the first game to nothing <laughs> in Mass Effect 2 uh, because, like, they were at the centre of that whole Fox News witch hunt um, way back in the day. And we all listen to Fox News. <sighs> Unfortunately, a lot of people do. Um, but, yeah, it's it's nice that, like, this is we can pop back in. Like, it's... Like... Yeah, it's just like, you know, you play a, a lesbian shepherd in Mass Effect 2 and it's just like, I guess I'll just go fuck myself. Literally. Because <laughs> there's nobody else I can. Like, it's very disappointing. But um, it's cool that you own it and that we have Steam Share and that I can <laughs> download these mods at some point in the future and, and check them out. Um. Did you see the thing about about Jennifer Hale? She said she she was saying it on Twitter. I don't know whether it was an interview or whether she said it on Twitter actually, but I saw it on Twitter. When she was talking about she wants Shepard Femship back in the next Mass Effect game, and she wants to be able to romance Tally. And I was like, "Fucking yeah, all right, I'm down for both yes. of those things." Yes, give me that now. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> give me that now. Yes, please. I don't mind going through one, two, and three as Femship, not to date anybody, then get to the new one, and then just go off a tally. Give me that now. Yes, thank you. Please. I'll hail this. Um, yeah, this is fantastic. Um, great to see this has happened again. Shame on Bioware and EA that, they, uh, that this all happened. Like I say, I didn't know anything about this or anything like that, but um, it's good to see, that, see it's happening. Just a shame that's not by Bioware in a year. Indeed. I deleted everything else. Hmm? I deleted everything else underneath this because we're running out of time. <laughs> games out next week, ladies and gentlemen. There are some games. There, we're done. <laughs> Open critic head to head, Amy. God damn you. Nero Munda, Hired Gun, PC, PlayStation 5 and 4, Xbox Series, and the Xbox One. Uh, become a Hired Gun, money good, mon the money's good, dogs loyal, and the gun's reliable. Embark on the fast-paced, violent, and thrilling first-person shooter set in the darkness reaches of Warhammer 4000 and most the 40,000's most infamous Hive City. I won't lie, this game just sounds like a John Wick game. Money's good, dogs loyal, the guns are reliable. Sounds like a John Wick game. Stormfly, PC, PlayStation 4 and 5, Xbox Series and the Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. Harness the wind and soar through the wilderness of Stonefield and chill the tranquil action-adventure game about self-discovery, legacy, and belonging. Glide for your merch strategically among beautiful flow, floral, and dangerous fraudor, comforting hungry bugs, adventures, and memorable characters. Operation Tango, again, me and Amy are going to be playing together. PC, PlayStation 4 and 5, the Xbox consoles. Uh, it takes two. It takes two to save the world in this uh, cooperative spy adventure. Pair up with a friend as agent or hacker with only your voices to connect you. The world, the, 
and work together to bring the high-tech global menace to its knees. Virt Virtual Fighter 5 Ultimate Showtime for the PlayStation 4. Uh, console exclusive debuts on PlayStation Plus allowing both Virtual Fighter veterans and newcomers to experience the intense martial arts combat, deep deep strategy, and intricate balanced gameplay of the groundbreaking 3D fighter in stunning HD. New online features like custom custom tournaments supporting up to 16 players and live spectating joint classic mode like rank match, arcade, virtual fighter fires, famously robust training and to deliver the benefit of virtual, the definitive virtual fighter experience. Goblins and Ghouls Resurrection, PC, PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. <clears throat> Watch, the, watch as the nostalgic yet completely reimagined storybook world unravels before your very eyes. Takes cues, taking cues from both ghost, ghost and goblins and ghost and goblins and giving birth to something entirely new. Resurrection is title worthy of its name. Uh, last three is the last kid on earth and the staff or last kid on earth and the staff of Doom, PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. Join Jack and his friends in an epic post-apocalyptic quest to save our world from Queen, from the Queen of Sli of the Slime Monsters. DC Superhero Girls Teen Tower Nintendo Switch. Join the fight as Wonder Woman, Supergirl, Batgirl from the animated series DC Superhero Girls and save Metropolis from the sum of the DC's most notorious supervillains. Each hero can battle can battle baddies with a unique set of with a unique set of abilities, but when you're not out fighting crime, you have to balance your the super life with their lives as teenagers. So so bully, but with persona added on top. Basically. Probably not. So, I know that. Oh, persona uh, DC Oh really. Sniper <laughs> <laughs> really. of Ghost Warriors contract contract two. PC, PlayStation 5 and 4, and the Xbox consoles. Uh, Contract 2 is a modern warfare shooter set in the Middle East plane as Raven counter-sniper assassin. Contract sniper uh, assassin as you take out a series of targets across a dramatic single-player campaign with extreme long-range shots, shots exceeding a thousand meters gear up before the most, for the most challenging entry to the series yet. Can I say something? Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. That DC Superhero Girls game uh -huh. interests me for one reason and one reason only. Wait, there hasn't been only? a superhero. Yes, two reasons and two reasons. Uh, three because Supergirl's cool too. Like, I don't think there's been a superhero game yet which has done a good job of balancing the fighting villains and then also like the the because the duality of being a superhero, right? Like superheroes have normal lives, most of them, and then they also do superheroics, and I want that game very badly. <laughs> like that, you do both in instead of just the the first part. Yeah, it's called personas. You know, super. Please explain I'm to me. I'm joking. I'm taking this meg out of you. <laughs> please um, please yeah, yeah, explain no, that, to me what superhero, is. what persona is. That, that is. <laughs> that would be something incredible. I won't lie. Um... I would love it. That would be a brilliant game to have a look at. That would have been a great Batman Arkham game. 
Well, we had two great Batman games, Arkham games. Arkham oh, we Sun, did. Arkham City. I'd go so far as to say we actually had four. But you know what would have been an even greater fifth Arkham game? Would have been if he could also play as Bruce Wayne. That would have been tremendous. Oh, I agree. I think they missed the beat with not playing as Bruce Wayne. But the game is Batman, not Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yeah, but Batman... Yeah. I'm joking. You know, I know what you mean. You're doing this to me a lot tonight, Moody. And I, you know, if you, you know. do... The, I'm, I'm just tired. <laughs> I'm being very this can This can be used as a weapon. <laughs> can it? Oh, you, you better believe it. Find out you in a few months. Yeah, that's it. We're not next to, not next to each other right now. I'm making a list. It's time for Open Critic Head to Head. This is the game myself and Moody play every single week where we try to guess the Open Critic average of one upcoming game. Whoever guesses closest gets one point. If you guess collector, you get two points. <gasps> you can tell when you're at the end of the podcast. <laughs> you think? Yeah, got to tell quickly. Last week, we tried to guess the Open Critic average of Bio Mutant. I guessed it would get a 73, Moody guessed it would get an 84, and at the time of recording, Biomutant has an open critic average of 67. The week before, we tried to guess the open critic average for Knockout City, but there were no reviews until the next day. I guessed it would get a 69, Moody guessed it would get a 65, and at the time of recording, Knockout City has an open critic average of 80. And a word on, on Biomutant, I really didn't like what THQ Nordic did. Tweeting out the uh, tweeting out the reviews. The game got mixed reviews. Yeah, and THQ, yeah, and THQ Nordic literally tweeted out some of the reviews and basically pointed shit stains on the internet directly at certain reviews, essentially. Um, so fuck them and fuck that. That puts the scores at Amy eight, Moody nine, Foxes three, Keith ten, with two draws this week. We're going to guess the open critic average of Necromonda Hired Gun. I have no idea what the hell this game is, even though I've just read the bugger off. <laughs> I thought you would have picked our Operation Tango, the game that we're going to be playing. Nah. I could be chaotic. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. It's a Warhammer you're game. Give, you're going to have to give me a couple of minutes there. So Warhammer 40,000 game, so it can go in any direction. Because, like, the, game, the quality level of the Warhammer 40,000 license, as far as video games are concerned, is all over the place. Like, yeah, I've seen that. And I'm not even, I'm not even being facetious or, like, being sarcastic. It's literally, like, you, this could be a great game. This could be a Vermintide, a Dawn of War. This could be a terrible game. <laughs> or it could be a very average game. Like, it's impossible to tell. First person shooter, isn't it? Or is it? I mean, I've played the tabletop game, not that that matters in the slightest <laughs> to the video game. 65. 65. I'm surprised you to learn I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be super immature this week. <laughs> I'm going to guess a 72. The temptation Ooh. was there. 
to get. Oh, I thought you might have gone sixty-nine. To get sixty-nine, well. and if it gets to sixty-nine, I'm gonna be pissed. But, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm going with seventy-two. That's Ooh. that's where I think roughly it's gonna land. Like, it's one of those where, like I said, the quality varies so wildly. It's just like I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So wherever I put the number, it's. It's, it's a shot in the dark either way that's gonna do it for episode 258 of the words about games podcast got through another week Mooney. we talked we more did. about video games than the other things we have it's like you would think we're a video podcast video game podcast yeah. nah that's every two weeks on a monday <laughs> <laughs> let's get out of here Mooney. let's get out of here yeah I'm tired. Say bye, Moody. Bye, Moody.